0: Oh, watch out now. Hey friends, welcome to the show. This is really cool because this is the start of season three. This is episode one of season three, even though we're like episode 400 and whatever. Uh, <laughs> that first season was a long one, but this new season uh, I, I'm really excited to bring to you. And it's it's something brand new, well, not brand new to my life, but the mission statement and what it means is brand new to this podcast. And really something I'm just launching in my life. So this whole living forward Concept. The concept of living forward is something that uh, right now, as if you're listening to this in current day time, the coronavirus is happening, kind of on a quarantine, kind of hanging out uh, in our houses and, and hopefully spending quality time with our families and hopefully being productive. I, I pray that for that for you. I hope that's happening in your life. I hope you find a, a silver lining in this situation where uh, in a moment where the world seems to have shut down to a certain extent, we can move forward much faster if we stay focused because we don't have to go do so many things it's a blessing um for some people and a curse for uh, other people so i'm not trying to put it on as a good situation but i'm trying to say if you, if you have the opportunity to make a positive impact out of what's going on right now in the world move forward live forward take advantage of it. You've all heard the saying, I'm sure, if you listen to this podcast and you have the kind of mindset of the person would be interested in the content of this podcast, uh, the idea of if you're not moving forward, you're falling backwards. If you're not growing, you're dying. You can't stand still in life. You either move forward or you go backward. Whether that's living or dying or progressing or degressing, you know that's just how life is. So the idea of the podcast now is to bring positivity to the world as always to highlight people's superpowers what makes them super powerful but now it is to focus on how do we live forward how do we move forward constantly not just in business cuz the forward thinking idea can be just applied to business and that's a short sighted way of looking at it it should be applied to every facet of your life? How are you always moving forward in your personal life, in your business life? Um, how are you looking forward in your personal development, in your spirituality, in your family, with your friends, with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, with your, uh, you know, whoever, whoever it might be, with yourself, right? And I think that's the biggest one. If you go to yourself first, everything else can fall into line. So hopefully you're moving your life forward. And, you know, uh, I-, I like the idea. And I think this is what's going to happen with this podcast. We continue to move forward and we continue to have new seasons. The seasons are going to stack on top of each other to collect ideas as we go. So the first 400 or whatever episodes, (laughs) however many there were, uh, those are season one. Those were like maybe the test run as I'm feeling this thing out. Season two is all about creating these superheroes, these superpowers that we have Uh, And and the guy that I have on the podcast today, Joey D. man, it is amazing to talk to him, to talk about somebody who has found his superpowers, but also is living forward. Because once you find the superpowers, and if you're in the search of your own superpower, it's going to force you forward in life. Because it's a positive life force that helps you to uh, create a better human within yourself. And I think that's just a wonderful thing. So uh, that's why I do this and that's why I'm, I'm so happy that I have more time to bring more episodes to you and to create more content because that's what I personally need to do. That's what's in my heart and my soul. I tell myself all the time, I'm going to do more of these episodes. Now I am going to be doing more of them. And I'm so happy to have you a part of this if you're listening right now. I'm going to quit rambling, though. Just remember, you have about 80,000 thoughts per day. 95% or more are the same thoughts every single day. How can you grow? How can you get better? How can you change? You have to change the quality and the content of those thoughts. And you have to be aware first before you change the quality and the content. So keep that in your noggin as you're going about your day, doing whatever that you're doing. If you're feeling a lot of negativity or fear right now within the world, Keep that thought in your head. Keep that idea in your head, okay? Are these good thoughts? Because those thoughts are going to all compile together to create a basic concept for your life. And actually, I'm writing down right now that I need to do a podcast about basic concepts and uh, about this little thing called concept therapy also, which might sound kind of woo-woo, kind of cultish just in the name of it. Uh, But it's something that I've really enjoyed lately And I think um, this whole basic concept idea for our life is huge. So be looking for that on a new episode coming up. But if you listen to this podcast, if you like what we talk about on this podcast, then please subscribe, give a review, whatever platform you're on, give it a rating. Leave me a comment on social media. It would mean so much to me. It would mean so much if you would do that. And I really uh, genuinely just would appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Okay. Because I'm trying to spread positivity. And I'm trying to spread good messages from amazing people. That's what this thing is all about. So, and if you ever have a chance to talk to me, if you ever want to talk to me, I'm super easy to get a hold of. And, um, you know, I I am more than happy to chop it up with anybody, have a meaningful conversation, and, and hopefully add value to your life. Hopefully, I can get some out of it too. And if you have a food allergy, okay, if you have any issues with, that part of your life, if that if that's something you struggle with, this episode is going to rock your world. Joey D Ganji, before we dive in, I mean, he's going to talk about it, but he has this company, Shore Tech. Okay, so Shore Tech has a brand new product. He's about to launch, or depending on when you listen to this, has launched, called the Epicenter app. And this app, I'm just going to read you the tag right here. Okay, we believe with the Epicenter app. In making food allergies easier to manage, whether facing an emergency situation or day-to-day issues like finding safe-to-eat food or getting support from the community, the Epicenter app is designed to help you navigate the different and complex aspects of life with food allergies, whether you're in your own country or traveling abroad. And you can check this out right now at epicenter-app.com. epicenter App. Com. The reason this was created, because the guy on this podcast had a serious allergic reaction in a foreign country, working with a guy who was helping him design an app for food allergies. Talk about serendipity. It's real in this world. It's a real thing. Let's get into it. Let's go. <sighs> I think I'm out of breath at this point. This is Rob Z Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Rob Z with you. This is an exciting uh, new frontier for this podcast because this is going to be the first episode that launches us into this new idea of, of moving forward, of forward-thinking ideas, and especially uh, for central Pennsylvania, depending on where you're listening to this around the world. Uh, The idea is that, you know, at this point in time, and really at any point in time in human history, the best move is to always be moving forward with forward thinking ideas and forward thinking people because that's the only way we're going to get better and we're going to be able to survive and make things happen in the world. And that's why I'm super excited to have Joey DeGanji right now on the podcast with Ashore Tech. Joey, how's it going, man?
1: It's going well, Rob. How are you?
0: Fantastic. I'm really glad that I got you on here. Me and you and I met. How long was that ago at a uh, at a at a networking meeting?
1: Uh, just about a year now.
0: About a year ago, and you had just gotten back from Taiwan. You had had an allergic reaction while you were there that inspired you to create yeah. this product, the ShoreTech. Uh, just talk about, I guess, as we dive into this. You know, how what you're doing right now, what you're about to launch, and what has the process been for you to get to this point? Because uh, just give them like an overview and then we'll dive into bits and pieces of it.
1: Okay, sure. So, uh, my whole life, I've had a life threatening peanut and tree nut food allergy. And when I was a junior in college, I had the idea I wanted to start a, a company that would develop new technology to help people with that condition. So, that was kind of what started everything off. And uh, along the way, I graduated and got a job in, in Taiwan. And so, I was, while I was in Taiwan, I had a uh, life-threatening reaction, had to be sent to the hospital um, as a result of peanuts getting accidentally mixed in with uh, the food that I was eating. A big part of the problem was uh, failure to properly translate the condition. So that's what uh, kind of sparked it. I realized how I had never been out of the country before until I took the job in Taiwan. So I really knew nothing about international travel and realized just how much support I needed in that moment. I was lucky enough, the, uh, the team at KDAM Mobile, um, they, a couple of my team members actually took the day off, went in, translated for me, really took care of me, but I, I had kind of like a sobering moment of like, what would I do without that support? And that's what uh, inspired the application. So I learned, I started teaching myself how to uh, build a mobile app that would be able to help someone translate their food allergy, find a hospital during an emergency, display a message saying, you know, please help me. I'm having an allergic reaction. I need to find medical attention right now. And so it'll display that message. And, and uh, we just kind of built on it from, uh, from there.
0: And the app is incredible. And, uh, you know, from talking to you about a year ago until now, you guys are uh, just about, as this airs, uh, you should be just about to launch or have launched the actual app for people around the world to use. And we're going to dive into the app. And, and all of its functions, and all of its features, but I really think that your story in itself is super interesting, and really a great example of how uh, one thing leads to another, and you can never in life, you know, that the the, the straight line, the clear path that you think you're going to have never happens that way. There's always a bunch of different things that come into play that help you to achieve what you're trying to achieve, so uh, this app and the idea that you were in Taiwan all came from the fact that you were going, you're still going to school at Juniata college in Huntington, Pennsylvania. Uh, but while you were there, you had a professor that professor, uh, owned a, a software company. Is that right? In Taiwan?
1: Yeah. He's one of, uh, four co-founders at, uh, K mobile. And he's the, uh, vice president of marketing and global strategy there. Very And so cool. he, as I, as I was graduating, uh, recruited me to go work in Taiwan, and now I'm one of the the, uh, full-time members of the U.S. office here at Hank.
0: How crazy is that? So while you're in college, going to school, and you have a professor who runs the software company, or or is it part of the software company, KDM Mobile, you end up going over there to work and and getting a full-time job. So that in itself is pretty incredible, that you had this full-time job, something that a lot of kids in college would be dying for, that would dream of having that sort of opportunity. And how did that all happen? I want to touch on that because, you know, usually, especially I I go back to myself being in college, I was just kind of like coasting through, just trying to get by and really wasn't putting that much effort into what I was doing. Uh, I went to school for broadcasting communications, which I guess obviously paid off, uh, but I feel like I, uh, I did not take full advantage of my college experience. So I want to ask you the question. First off, what would you say to a student? who was in a class and the opportunities there might be right in front of your face. Just like for you, that opportunity and every other student in your class or in, in the, in the profession you were in and the major you were in, the opportunities were there for them, but you were the one who capitalized on it. Did anybody else who was with you in the, in, in your class and that experience get the opportunity that you have right now?
1: Uh, yeah, actually one other student went to uh, Taiwan with me at that point. Um, Name was uh, Chris Heron. He also uh, had a uh, entrepreneurial uh, startup going on at that point as well and was you know recruited to come uh, to He's actually in Taiwan still right now. and um, since that point now uh, Wei Chung, uh, the professor and I have been sending new more students over to Taiwan. We're kind of creating that uh, that pipeline now. Nice. So hoping to really open the doors um, you know following that that experience I had over there.
0: Yeah, man, that is so cool. So how did you build that relationship? What would you say to a college kid? I mean, because this opportunity could be right under your nose and you would never even know it or take the opportunity and and, and dive into it. So what would you say to somebody who could be in a similar situation like you? Why do you think you and your friend, uh, who also was your classmate, were so special that you guys uh, got that opportunity?
1: Uh, So I think what really led to that opportunity was um, that we we kind of had that uh, initiative to go and start our own businesses. Now we both started very different uh, types of companies, but I think just showing that, um, you know, the the commitment to uh, pursue that idea and really, um, just the entrepreneurial spirit, I think was a a big piece of what, uh, what got us that opportunity. And any student that's, um, you know, considering starting a business or or looking for like some, you know, something that really sets them apart. I mean, college is such a, a great time because presumably you don't have Family, you don't have these huge uh, financial obligations. Like if you're gonna start a, a business at any point in your life, I think that's really the you know, the time just to kind of see if it's something you're interested in. Now the idea of you know may or may not grow into something more afterwards, but just kind of getting that uh, really hands-on business learning experience, I think that's the the time and place to do it.
0: No doubt, man. I couldn't agree more. And looking back on my own life, I, I wish I would have had more of that mindset at that point in time because that opportunity. Is so huge, and you know that's a small piece of your life where you took, you you saw the opportunity, you met the right person, and it popped up and and happened for you. And now you've got that full time gig. That when you are you graduating from school, or when are you done in school?
1: Uh, So I graduated uh, my my bachelor's degree in 2018, and that's when I went to Taiwan. And now I'm back uh, doing my MBA at Junior College in International Business kind of in tandem with the career at Dan and the career as an
0: entrepreneur. Dude, so, so cool. So inspirational. And so you, you head over to Taiwan. You, you've had this huge opportunity. And how did that feel, first of all, to, to be in that position? What did that feel like for you? What were your apprehensions to go over to Taiwan to take on this big opportunity? You know, this is, this is a lot for – how old were you at the time? I was uh, 22. So what did that feel like at that time? I mean, I'm sure a lot of your friends, like, could only dream of having something like that happen to them and might not even, you know, a lot of us fall into this situation where we have uh, imposter syndrome. And I've had this problem in my life as well, where you, you have opportunities and you almost feel like you don't deserve them, like you're not at that level where you could take advantage of them and things pass you by what led you to that point where you're like, you know what? I can do this. I can go to Taiwan. I can take on this job opportunity. This is, you know, you're working with some real professionals and this is, this is huge for you. So what was that whole process like?
1: It was, it was overwhelming. Uh, you know, certainly getting, getting, um, you know, all of those opportunities, uh, coming my way all at once. It was, um, definitely scary and, and, made more complicated by the fact that, again, I had never been out of the country. I had never, I mean, this was really the start of my adult life, let alone an international life. So I really, uh, I didn't know if I was up for the challenge. Uh, what kind of got me on, over, over the hill on it was um, I, I figured that an opportunity like this would never come my way again. I mean, you never get the chance to live and work abroad and you know, have a, a great position in a really you know, exciting company doing all the things that you're passionate about. Even if you're not 100% convinced you're ready you know, at least I was convinced that this was only going to happen once. So I just said, okay, let's go and see what happens. (laughs) And, uh, and by the same token, I knew I had good support there. Um, you know, certainly, uh, professor Wei Chung, um, and then the colleagues that he had gotten me in touch with over there ahead of time. So I felt, I knew there was going to be, you know, some, some support system there too. So that helped a lot
0: also. I'd imagine. Yeah. Knowing you have, and you're going also with somebody else that you knew in your class. So you guys are both going over together. That, that would have eased the, the stress a little bit, but still it's a big risk. Now you're over there, you're doing this. Um, Whenever you went over there, what was, what was the point of you going there? Whenever you went to Taiwan, did you know you were getting a job? Were you already working with them? Or was this kind of like an introductory period where they wanted to, to try to get you on board and, and see if you were the right fit?
1: Uh, no, so I knew it was a job at this point. Uh, actually, the way that the, the opportunity was presented to me was, you know, here we're going to be starting a, a U.S. headquarters, um, like kind of like a physical office space, since a lot of the company's businesses involves people from the United States. Uh, we want to start right here in Huntington. Um, you know, on one hand, it's going to be a, a heavy marketing job, which I had the background in. But because this is kind of like the first uh, physical presence for this company, it's also going to be very much of a startup at all at the same time, at least in the United States. And I was like, you know, those are both things I'm very comfortable with, both things I'm very like interested in. And then, uh, you know, he explained, first, we'd like you to go to Taiwan for nine months to get very familiar because the company has, at that time, it had about 100 people. Uh, it's a little bigger than that now. Um, so go there, get familiar with the team, make sure that we can work in tandem uh, when you come back so we can keep things going here in the United States. And so that was kind of how the, uh, the opportunity was presented. I knew it was going to be for a, uh, you know, fixed period over there.
0: What was that experience like for you over there? What was the, how, how well did you assimilate? How well did you fit in? Did it feel like super foreign to you? Was it uncomfortable or did it, how did that all happen? Cause I know for myself, like every day would have been this brand new experience, you know, every day would have like popped up all these brand new questions and posed all these issues and problems. What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely very different. I mean, everything from not even knowing what to do completely in the airport was, was a new experience for me. So everything was, was out of my comfort zone. One, two, two of the smart decisions I think I made going in, the first one was to not do too much research on, on Taiwan. For me, I think that was a smart decision because I didn't want to go in there with any uh, any, any expectations of like what, what was going to be there because as soon as something – didn't meet my expectations, good or bad. As soon as it just started to feel different, I knew it would kind of throw me off. So I wanted to go in there very like agile, ready to pivot no matter what happened. Um, so I think that was a smart like decision just for for my approach. And then I also went in with just a very like open mind, knowing that almost every experience, like you said, that was going to be brand new. So just said you know kind of like a commitment to say yes to pretty much everything that uh, came my way, whether it was trying food, going to different places. Uh, anything that comes up, uh, and work included too. any, any assignments or any tasks that came up, take on every single thing that was there because I knew all that was going to be brand new for me.
0: Yeah. How long do you think it took you before you felt comfortable?
1: Um, I'd say probably about a month or so. I think um, you know it, it's it's a very everybody that we we got to meet uh, in the company and in the country as a whole was was very friendly very like excited to share their their culture with us and introduce uh, Chris and I to all the different foods places events holidays uh, even teaching us you know language here and there um, so that I think that made it really easy to to get used to it and then uh, being in the office I think helped a lot too because then you know it's something you have you know Right, right there and now you have something to be working on, something to be uh, just comfortable with coming in every day and kind of like moving that forward. So I think having work helps a lot too.
0: Yeah, something to take your, something to focus on. What was the biggest culture yeah. shock? What was the biggest thing for you that was like just just threw you for a loop or, or threw you off whenever you were there or something you didn't expect that like surprised you when you were there?
1: Um, for me, it was it was being like entirely dependent on, on other people. Um with the language barrier was, was the big thing. I you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't read anything. I couldn't understand anything. And with that life threatening food allergy, uh, kind of, like I had a big shock, especially you know, when I first got there, you know, I was pretty much just at the mercy of whoever was, was speaking on my behalf to communicate what I, you know, what I couldn't, couldn't eat. And I, I just had to kind of like take that on faith that that was going to get the right meal delivered to me and not, uh, not put me in the hospital. So that was tough. That was probably the toughest
0: part. Obviously, that was the the ultimate downfall. That was the one thing that that, that yeah, didn't work that's, out. That's what ended up happening. Yeah, but yeah. but it ended up working out in a, in a more amazing way. You know, there's always it's funny, man. There's always silver lining. There's always like a reason for yeah. things to happen. If you wouldn't have been over there, that may not and that wouldn't have happened there. You may never have had the idea to build this product that you have. And that's just so crazy that, like, sometimes the, the what seemed like the worst things that could possibly happen to us are happening to us for a reason. And for you, that's totally the case.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was kind of, like, in the hospital and I, I got the medication, I, I started just kind of taking note of all the, the support I was getting. I was like, all right, you know, this needs to be the defining moment for my personal career and, you know, even more so for the company that I'm trying to start. Like, this is... The best hands-on learning experience, hopefully, that I ever have with uh, dealing with an emergency with food allergies, take note of everything, and then, you know, use that to really drive every decision going forward. How can we help everyone else that ever encounters this? Yeah. And that was really, it had a big impact.
0: Now before we dive into the the whole food allergy, what happened in a short tech and how that all came to be, I just want to ask one more question about uh your professor mm-hmm. and your boss now, because what do you think w- it was about you and about uh your your partner or your your friend Chris who was there with you? What do you think it was about you guys that made you different from everybody else? What do you think made you stand out? How did you become you know obviously you were on a different level that's why you were in the position you were in. What do you think it was about you that stood out? Uh, to who? What's what's the man's name? Who who hired you? Who was your professor?
1: Uh, Wei Chung Wong.
0: And what do you think it was about you to him that that made you stand out? That set you apart?
1: Um, I think it was mostly the uh, the entrepreneurial spirit that we that we had. Yeah, you know, I think uh, one of the things that we got to do, you know, now within K Dan's is uh, you know, we use the term uh, entrepreneurial. So someone that has the kind of like that entrepreneurial mindset within the you know the uh, construct of an organization. And so, you know, it's just that uh, that approach to problem solving, that approach to finding a way to get stuff done. Um, I think that's a really just good way to approach any type of of business related issue. And that's um, I think we exhibited that a lot when we were uh, undergraduates.
0: What did you guys do? Ask a lot of questions? Very, very inquisitive with with him or, you know, because I think I'm trying to give like if somebody's listening to this and maybe they're in college, maybe they're in high school or even in a job because the entrepreneurial thing is is that's a real thing. You know, you're inside of a company, but you really uh, are creating something new inside of that company. And I think people feel like uh, sometimes they have to go out on their own. They have to create their own thing in order to be an entrepreneur, but you can really learn all the steps in the full process inside of a company, make that company even better. And that's going to set you apart from everybody else in that company for you to get a raise or whatever that might be, or for you to eventually venture off and do your own thing. So uh, for you, being who you were what what kind of things were you doing differently or what do you feel like you did differently that you noticed was different from everybody else around you
1: well i think the uh, the early success that my company was having kind of like the um you know just the the drive to kind of like keep pushing it forward um because like i said i started it when i was a junior and there was a massive uh, market research project that i had to kind of like design and create and then we um I got, uh, or Short Tech was recognized as a, a top company by uh, Ben Franklin Technology Partners. We got included in their big idea contest. Um, just uh, like all, all these different steps along the way of like just trying to, you know, will this thing into existence. And so I think that was what I got to, to do a lot while I was an undergraduate. And, uh, you know, fortunately it got noticed by the right people at the right time.
0: So where did that inspiration come? So Short Tech's already being developed before you even uh, meet this professor and get into this position. Where did, where did that come from? Where do you think that drive for you came from to create this product? Obviously, it came from a pain that you had in your life. Obviously, it came from your own personal allergies. Uh, but a lot of people have allergies, and they don't go out and create an app that will help solve the problem for you know, potentially millions of people in the world. So why do you think you were different in that regard? What drove you to, to create that? Uh, so it
1: actually came from a class project. I was taking a a course. I knew I wanted to get into marketing at this point. And, you know, some of the the best advice my dad gave me about, you know, whatever business area I decided to go into, he said, you know, you're either the problem or the the problem solver. And so I figured, you know, if you're you're getting into marketing, you need to be able to think creative and and find solutions. And so because of that reason, I started taking uh, entrepreneurial classes. Um, I, I didn't expect at that point to go start my own business ever. But I thought if I could learn to think like someone that would, I would be more effective in whatever role I had to take on. So I'm taking this marketing project and every single day you're supposed to record, you know, five to ten things in your life that you just wish there was an easier fix to it or there was some type of solution, you know, whatever. And my problem, one of the biggest ones I, I have on a regular basis, is is dealing with the food allergy. And so the final project was to take one of those pain points and anything else related to it and start to you know formulate some type of solution. And I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do, turned that in as the you know, final project. And I really wanted to, to see this thing come to life uh, because I knew, you know, if it, if it was eventually realized, that it would be able to help a lot of people uh, like me. And so the professor in the course talked about how uh, the college has its on campus business incubator, all of these different, uh, uh, resources and funding available for students that are starting their own business and that's kind of what pushed me into it. I said you know I'm a, a college student my financial obligations are as limited as they're ever going to be uh, at this point in time I've got all these people right here and then yeah I knew that Ben Franklin was there start about Gaines, so all these other local uh, resources kind of like in the region if it was ever gonna happen it had to be right then there so I just I dove into it
0: yeah, and I'll tell you, man, anybody who's listening to this who's around your age, or a little bit older, or a little bit younger, like when you have the time and uh the the resources like like you did at the point when you started putting this together, try to really grasp the potential and the importance of taking advantage of that. Because like for me just personally, like I didn't start my own business until I was, you know, I was thirty three. So it was, it was, it still is a big transition, you know, because you're, you're, you, you have like your mind is, is geared towards the nine to five towards having a boss and towards the way normal processes work in a, in a regular business corporate atmosphere. So if you can get into that process earlier before you ever have to go through the, the corporate world or whatever your job might be, you're so much better off. Cause now you have like a clean slate, a, a clean uh, framework for how you can, you can build your life and build what you want to do and I mean obviously you do have a job now you are working for a company but you like you said you're an entrepreneur so you've created something that is yours but you're also working for somebody else and and helping them to to make their product even better as well and you guys can kind of merge those together i think that's a that's a beautiful thing and that's like a rare opportunity but i, I don't think uh that it's it's impossible i think it's it's possible for anybody anybody who's listening to this Who's, who wonders how are they going to make the thing happen that they want to have happen you've got to keep your eyes and your ears open and you've got to like when you meet the right person be impressive to them so uh and I'm going to kind of diverge here just for a second because I always love the idea of uh people talk about luck and you know luck is really just whenever you have the experience and you meet up with the right opportunity and your experience level matches that opportunity and you have the—I don't know if it's called—you want to call it the guts, or you have the the foresight, or you understand that this is my my chance to to make this move. And you might not even know that that is the chance to make the big move. But you ask the questions, you put yourself in the right position, you take the opportunity. Like you go into Taiwan, like you took that opportunity. A lot of people would freak out about that, or turn it down, or or not take advantage of it while they're there, you know. Uh, and I think that that that's such a huge piece of so many people's lives is. You've got to keep your eyes open. You've got to be aware and you've got to be prepared. And obviously, you were prepared, man. You had put in the work to build the beginnings of a short Tech. Uh, you had, you know, busted your ass at school. You put things together at school to make yourself uh, very appealing. That when the opportunity came along, you took the opportunity, got the job, and went and did your thing. And then the one thing that, w- that could have, you know, been the biggest the biggest detriment to your life, which was having that, that allergic episode in a foreign country turns out to be like the blessing to, to have you continue to create this product and make it, uh, you know, to the launching phase right now and now be working for a company that is helping you launch the product. Right. I mean, so a short tech is being produced through Dan mobile. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So I, we have an app on the market right now that I learned to build over in Taiwan. And we started to build up some momentum. And then K-Dan, the, you know, while I was still working for them, uh, identified it as a valid investment opportunity. And they, they're they an app developer. And so they, so they have all these engineers and designers that were able to take these like seeds of that I was planting and really just you know, dial it up to 10. And that's what's going to be launching uh, the next couple of weeks here.
0: And let's talk about that. So let's talk about a short tech. Let's talk about, uh, first, you have the allergic reaction you have the episode overseas. <laughs> what did you think when that was happening? How scary was that for you? Because I'm sure you've had allergic reactions in the states, but you know you are in the United States. People speak your language. You're okay. But uh, so w- when it comes to the Ashore Tech app and the the translation aspect of it, did that all? Did you have that thought already in your head? Did you had you already been working on that part of Ashore Tech before this all happened, or was that kind of like the the incubation period for that, the creation of it?
1: That was really the catalyst for it. I you know, at this point I I had some I I was pretty uncomfortable with my with the ways I was trying to like translate by like asking friends and stuff. So I knew I wanted something better, but I wasn't quite sure what you know, what to do. Um when I had the reaction, it was definitely you know, I remember thinking at the same time it was, you know, both uh really terrifying, certainly, but also really um you know, I was very fortunate to be in the sit the place I was when I had it. Because again, I was I was at work that mm. morning. I, it was something in my breakfast that had peanuts. I was surrounded by people that spoke the language, knew me, knew my medical condition, knew where the nearest hospital was. So like, if it's ever going to happen, that was the circumstances you would want it to be. Yeah. And so I that you know, it was kind of like that balance of those two emotions, and that's what got me thinking, you know, okay, how do we deliver that those same support systems, those same circumstances to someone that's not in the you know the position I'm in right now, and that kind of really sparked everything. At least with the translation part, of the uh, of the application.
0: So let's talk about the application. Let's talk about the tech app. Uh, just putting that thing together. What does that process look like? What does it mean uh, for uh, you know people in your situation who have allergies? And I you know I have like seasonal allergies. I don't have anything. Uh, severe and and, and it 's got to be such a different life, having to go through life with in with an issue like that because you 've got to be on guard at all times, right your life is on guard, yeah, wherever you go, whatever you do you 're always asking questions, always making sure you 're in the right environment are you are you the kind of do you have the kind of allergy where you can 't even be near peanuts like you can 't breathe them in or is it like what what severity is it
1: it's it's a very severe I should you know i I can be next to one. Generally without having a reaction, but uh, if I touch one or eat one it can get uh, very very bad very quickly
0: Wow so crazy man so how many yeah. in your life how many reactions did you have like throughout your life do you know
1: um two really bad ones uh, the first one when first one when I was eight months old that's when we found out that I had the allergy and then the second one when I was uh, at that point twenty three living in Taiwan uh, with some minor problems here and there uh, along the way but mm-hmm. nothing uh, nothing that sent me to the hospital or were, were two two really big ones
0: and as far as the app itself so what has gone into the development of that because that's a that's a world that i don't even really know about man and and the um obviously there's so many apps out there there's 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 a sea of them how many are in your field how many uh, allergy testing apps are there like a short tech? does that exist anywhere else? Or are you kind of the, the front runner on
1: that? So there's a lot of different apps related to food allergies uh, some that I'll test uh, some that do some translation things. Um, so I guess it depends on like which piece of, of our software that you're looking at that would depend on, that would kind of tell you how many others there are like it. Um, I think we're gonna be the first one that really tries to combine all of these different resources that we've uh, been building up in the community. Um, so that, that's a big component of it. Um, and then really going into, I, I, like you said, I, I, at this point, I knew almost nothing about, uh, software development. I had studied kind of like, um, I did a lot of work at like, kind of like the strategic planning that goes into software. So, you know, the, the logic that goes into how you would design the features, what needs to be in there. Um, I did, Extensive market research by reaching out to everyone possible in the food allergy community, sharing surveys, videos, all of these things, like just trying to understand, you know, making sure we have the most valuable features included into this application to deliver the most value. So at that point, I, that's all I had done. Like it was a lot on the planning side. But when it came to time to actually execute and build the application, I was starting from essentially zero. I had taken a couple courses um, at Junior year of the College. They, put, they encourage you to take courses outside your major. So I took a few in the IT world just to get familiar with some of the terminology. And that was really helpful. I didn't realize that at the time. But when I started to research what it would take for me to learn how to build this thing, all that kind of came back to me and really uh, it ended up paying off more than I ever expected. And so what I would do is I would go home after work, watch tutorials and take notes for you know a few hours on my phone every night uh, get up in the morning after the gym. I would go into work about a half hour before it started. Work on the because uh, they, they had nicer computers than the one I had at my uh, apartment. Work on their computer for about half hour. Try to build this thing. Uh, stay in during the two hour lunch window. Work on the work on the application for that whole period. Talk to some of the engineers at KDM Mobile, asking for advice, little critiques, anything that they could offer. And then when work was over, I would stay about half hour, 45 minutes afterwards until they shut the lights out, uh, to, to keep taking advantage of the technology there. Uh,
0: where does your drive come from to do all that? Cause that's, you know, that's, that's discipline that you have to have instilled in you somehow throughout your life. Where do you think that comes from for you? Putting that, those um, extra hours so, in.
1: It's tough. I mean, I, I, always been passionate about two big things um and that's helping people and and i really love solving problems mm. and this certainly is both of those uh at once so it, it, it's everything i really love kind of all in one in one go so i, I loved it. it it didn't feel like uh like work and, and still doesn't it's really um uh, it's what gets me out of bed in the morning
0: there you go, man. That's it. Like it's the thing that gets you out of bed every single morning. That's so huge. And so many of us don't even, you know, a lot of us don't even know what that thing is, what what the thing is that would get us out of bed every day. Like if we could just focus on this one thing and build it from the ground up and have it be our life you know we, we a lot of us don't even ever find out what that thing is and then to be able to do that every day and to have the the opportunities that you had to build that and to be around amazing people that had the the technology and the and the computers to make you to to put you at the level you're at right now incredible dude it's incredible i, I just i love that story because i think uh aside from how cool this app is and and what what it's going to do for society i think i always go back to just somebody who who want who know, who feels like they know what they want to do, they feel like they know what they want in life, or they they want to create something that's going to help people. Because I think in the end we all want to help people. I, I, when it comes down to it, and we might not think that, but um, anytime you're putting something out there into the world, you're you're if you don't have a buyer, you're not going to have a product, and you're not going to right. be successful. You're not going to make any money. In order to have that buyer, you've got to help them with something. And to help them with something, it's got to be something that you understand, that connects you to them, that benefits them, and also benefits you as well. Uh, and and I love the idea of making your mess your message, like taking something that's a mess in your life and turning that into a message that you can put out there to others. And that's what a short sure tech is to you, like the allergy is is your mess, and you've turned that into a message that you can help send out to you know millions or billions of people. And I just find that. Man, so many people never figure out what that is. So for you to be able to figure out what that is at at your age is huge. Because where I mean, think of all the places you can go from here. You know, this is like just the starting point. So I, I want to just get that point across that if you're listening to this and you feel like you have something that uh, is is you know like a burning desire inside of you, and you think about it every day, and you want to create it, but you never take the steps to create it. Uh, just start doing something. Start doing anything that will push you on the way to that path, and you're going to figure it out along the way. But I'm sure, like in your case, you, if you had to lay out all these steps, you never would have come to this point, right? If you had to lay it out no. step by step, this wouldn't all be in place like this. There's no way. So uh, talk about the app a little bit. What are all the features? What are the features of a tech? Sure. So the
1: big idea... Um, the upcoming application that we're putting together with KM Mobile, um, that's going to be called the Epicenter app. And so the idea is helping people manage their food allergies more effectively, whether it's during an emergency, whether it's traveling, or whether it's just managing on a, a day-to-day basis. And so that's kind of the, the whole idea behind it. Um, during an emergency, uh, person with a person with a food allergy, you know, first first step, of course, is administering the epinephrine that usually comes, uh, most common version is the EpiPen. Uh, there's also the audio and a few others out there that people use. So once you do that, you need to get emergency help. So what we have the app uh, set up to do is send a message to your emergency contacts with your GPS location telling them, you know, Hey, there's something going on. Uh, you know, I, I need help. At the same time, it would, uh, be able to help you dial, uh, the local emergency number so in our case here in the states 911 uh, and one of the one of the concerns certainly with the food allergy is uh, not being able to speak if your throat starts to close up during anaphylactic shock so we have a uh, we're building in a feature that will allow you to play like an audible message on the other end to the transponder that says you know your name what you're allergic to and your current uh, GPS location you, you know on your behalf you can't speak So really trying to help someone get all the resources that they can during an emergency. And uh, we're working with a company now that's going to also include some, uh, a a number of different translations that can deliver the same message. So really trying to help you get help during that emergency. Uh, When you travel, helping people order food and then trying to connect you to different companies that do uh, like safe to eat foods, for example, like peanut free chocolate cake, uh, those kinds of things.
0: Mm incredible man and how does the translation part of that work is that translating translating like sound like audio language and also uh, uh written language how, how does that translation work what do you use uh, so the translations
1: that? it's uh it's delivered by um uh, uh, visual so like it, it's all in text and so it's not like taking uh you know like it just messages and running it through google translate or something like that um google translate i think does a good job of, like helping you figure the, the gist of things out. Mm-hmm. But if you have a, a life-threatening condition, you need to be very, very precise. And so we had originally started out working with native speakers. We had, I had a pretty good international network built up. Um, from there, we started working with a professional translation company. And now uh, we're going to be partnering with a, uh, a medical translation company that specializes in food allergies and dietary restrictions. They're, they they want to partner with us, and we're they're going to be providing translations in this next generation application. So it's very very precise, and really the best way to uh, to communicate your condition.
0: Just incredible, man. I mean, it's, it's it's next level as far as anybody with this issue. This is going to be a lifesaver for so many people. What what is the feedback that you've been getting on the product from uh, people like yourself? I mean, have you? Been, I'm sure you've been uh, Doing some like focus group and testing with people who have food allergies. Is that something you've, you've been focusing on? Is talking to a lot of people in that world as far as like people yeah, who actually have yes. it?
1: It's been really, really positive. Um, you know, when, when I started back uh, as a junior, everything was done um, online. There, uh, Facebook had a bunch of different groups for like just dedicated support groups with food allergies. And I would go in, talk about my life, my, my mission, and, and what I was trying to do and the feedback we got from that community was just outstanding like the the online food allergy community has been such a a collaborative partner through this whole process uh everything from you know just sharing the the fears the concerns uh feedback on some of the different ideas i was considering um helping build up what allergens we needed to include translations for so we could cover as many people as humanly possible i mean everything as soon as i go you know to any of those different groups the, the feedback's great and when i Got the the first generation application to market, uh, the downloads and you know people giving feedback on like kind of like that very first attempt at designing software for this uh, really helped as well. And that momentum and that feedback is what ended up uh, you know getting us the opportunity to work with k
0: What was your uh, what's been the biggest roadblock? What has been your biggest struggle with all this?
1: Uh, I think the biggest roadblock at, up until this point, at least, has was. Um, was just saying sorry because certainly i understood the the condition and everything like that but um really the problem i encountered was you can't uh really start building that product without sufficient funds to hire a, a technical team you can't uh, get those funds without investors you can't get investors without proof of sales or proof of downloads and you can't get downloads without the product mm-hmm. so it, it was just this loop and and really trying to figure out what um Something has to get, you know, whether it's uh, you find a, a rich relative, you, you know, wh- whatever the case is, you partner with someone with that technical expertise, but some area of that loop has to break. And so for me, it, it was that allergic reaction in Taiwan, because from a technical point of view, delivering an effective solution for translations is a lot simpler than trying to get the phone to do these automated calls and automatic text messages. And that was the, when I was like, okay, hey, this is a problem I might be able to learn to solve if I really, you know, dedicate myself to this. Where some of the other problems were so far beyond anything I could even consider doing, I was I was I was kind of stuck. So just something in that loop had to break.
0: And as far as how many years, like how many years do you have into this right now, you would you would say?
1: Um about three and a half.
0: How many? From, how many uh, man hours?
1: To, oh gee, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it made up the bulk of my academic work. Uh, the second half of my junior year, most of my senior year, it was a big piece of it, um, and just every spare minute, spare hour I have uh, since graduating.
0: I love the fact that you know a lot of people go into college, and I'm going to put my hand up in this situation. Like we waste a lot of time in college just kind of just kind of like floating through like i said earlier it's awesome to hear a story of you went there like you got your money's worth Uh, most people don't get their money's worth they come out with a lot of debt and uh can't even find a job man you came through that thing with a with a great job meeting meeting amazing people and also creating something that you've always wanted to create that's going to help lots of people that's if you want a great story for how college can still work that's a great story you know, but but you can't just sit back and rely on the professors you can't just sit back and rely on the curriculum and the school to make it happen like this was you making it happen for yourself along with all the resources so you know college is there like as a resource, just like the rest of life, like everything that you stumble upon that could help you move in the right direction that is a positive resource to help you get where you want to be. but if you're not putting the work in also like you said man you're Working, you're going into the job before you have to start working to work on this project. You're doing your full day of work and then you're sticking around afterwards to keep working on it. Like most people don't have that drive to do that. And I think something I I really try to get through uh, because I didn't have that drive when I was younger either. You know, I didn't have that, the, 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 what's the word? Like the wherewithal to be like, all right, if I want to do the things I want to do, I've got to be working on this. Whenever other people are partying, when other people are doing whatever, I'm working on this thing and I'm I'm building it, you know. And I and I and I wish, looking back, I, I could have started it much earlier. But I think that, at least in myself, with my message is like having the being able to tell people like I've wasted a lot of time. And I can see the, you only get so much time. It's one thing, one thing in life you're never going to get back is time. And you've put yours in to build this thing from, from a a ground level, dude. It is so, it's so awesome that you're doing it. It's so awesome that you're at the point you're at right now. It's so cool that it's paying off. It's so cool that you're so close to launching it and having it out there. So when this thing launches, it's going to be like in the app store. Anybody in the world can download it, right? Yeah, correct. And as far as translations yeah. go, like, do you have translations for every country or just the major countries, or how does that work?
1: Uh, so right now, the uh, the partner we're working with has translations in 47 languages. Wow.
0: Amazing. Um, yeah. And as far as, you know, I, I wish I knew more about the food allergy community to talk more about it with you, but I, I imagine this is just so as as the people who know about it now know it's valuable, but as people start to find out about it, talk about something that, what is the percent? Do, do you know the numbers like in the U.S. of people with food allergies? Do you have those numbers?
1: Yeah, it's about uh, 10% of the population. Damn, so uh, 30, 30 million. Wow.
0: And worldwide, <laughs> you know that number?
1: 32 million. I've seen guesses all over the place. Um, I think there's some areas where they haven't, like they, there might not be sufficient testing. So mm. I think that's uh, a little bit harder, but I've seen you know upwards of 200 million. So it's a huge, huge problem.
0: It's yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge, yeah. major, major, majorly huge issue. And uh, wow, I, I just I can't imagine what this would be like for somebody who has a major food allergy to find out about this app. So that's the next stage, I guess, of what you're doing. Right, you got the app done. You, you're you're putting it out. You're launching it. You've got the translation. You've got it all set up so that when somebody has a reaction, they can contact emer- their emergency contacts, contact nine one one or whatever the emergency system is in their country. But beyond that, now you have to advertise it and and have people find out about it. What does that step look like?
1: Uh, so that a, a, a been a very fun process because, you know, I have a real passion for marketing. Um, up until really uh, about a couple weeks ago, it was almost entirely organic. Uh, so really, it, it was reliant on building a strong brand, really uh, just, just sharing that message, making sure that it resonates with all the people that you're trying to, to help. And so that's been the effort um, really up until that point. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, fortunate enough after partnering with KTM Mobile to uh, receive funding from Ben Franklin Technology Partners. And uh, we're, we've been starting to put that to work with a uh, pre-launch campaign. Uh, and we've been, we have a uh, another technical partner that we'll work with uh, called Paramark. from. Uh, uh, they're they're kind of all over the place, but they're based out in uh, Oregon. And so working with, they have a really good team there that's very good with um, different like ad campaigns, but really just trying to help spread that message and and reach as many people with the the work that we're doing. So it's been a big uh, collaborative effort there as well.
0: Yeah. And and once the people in this, in the, in in the food allergy industry find out about this, people who are trying to help solve this problem, once they hear about it, I mean, you you won't have to sell it, right? It's going to be like, well, of course we want to help promote that thing. Of course, we're going to want to help get it out there.
1: That's been one of the biggest things too. You know, like I said, it's all pretty much up until now, all the momentum that created these opportunities for us has come from organic support from the food allergy community. I mean, i have been lucky enough now I have lifelong friends, lifelong connections that I've made in different countries, different states that, have, you know, people with food allergies that they see what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to build. And they've, uh, you know, Really stepped up in whatever capacity they're able to, to just share what we're doing and and help uh, create some awareness and gather feedback for us as we go forward. And that's been really like just impactful on on what we're doing.
0: Yeah, I think like you know if you you meet somebody who watches the same show that you watch or or has the same favorite band that you have, like you have an immediate connection. When you meet somebody who has a food allergy like you do and is, is living, you know, your, your life is, it's dangerous. Like it's, it's fragile. Like you've got to, you've got to be on alert at all times. So that, that creates, I imagine an immediate bond, even if you don't have similar interests or, or personality types, like that bond itself has to be super strong. Am I right on that? Like I imagine that connection's huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you go on, you know, if you, if you have food allergies and you stumble on any of these different, uh, support groups online, like they, people really have each other's back it's really nice um you know whenever i have questions even outside of what i'm doing professionally if i have questions like you know hey i'm kind of worried about this with my food allergy like I'll, I'll turn to those groups um because the people you know they really see if there's something that they have some input on they'll jump up and try to help you out
0: yeah um just thinking right now off the top of my head so i don't know if you've ever read this book uh donald miller miller building a story brand Incredible. I
1: haven't read it, but I've heard it, had it recommended.
0: Yeah, dude, if you're, I mean, trying to build a story around what you're doing, it wouldn't even be hard because you already have the message. You already have the product, like the the solution to the problems there. This book would like, I'm telling you, I, and I'm, I'm holding it right now because I've been going through it myself, building a platform for myself. And um, it's, it's basically just the hero's journey. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the, 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 the simple concept. And it's such a, it's such a classic, simple concept is that there's a character who's a hero, right? Which the hero for you would be anybody who has a food allergy. They're the hero in the story. Right. They have a problem, which would be, they have a food allergy. Uh, they meet a guide, which would be you, would be, which would be your product. Uh, that product gives them a plan and calls them into action so that whatever, you know, happens to them ends in success and not in failure, which would be <laughs> talk about the most extreme version of that. The success is staying alive; the the uh, failure is dying. You know, so like, yeah. wow, that's huge. So I I couldn't recommend that book and that whole platform enough for for what you're doing. If you're trying to like get the marketing message right, and you're trying to figure out how to market this thing, whether you're doing social media or wherever you decide to advertise it, buy that book, man, go through that program because it is gonna it is gonna help you to clarify because i i know you already have your message clarified like in your head and and when you're talking to people about it but if you want to like have this thing be fully and easily digestible for anybody out there who has food or who has food allergies or has you know a a mom or dad who has kids with food allergies or somebody in their family like that dude story brand well it would it would help you so much so i I would suggest that like as maybe your next step is you start to to ramp up your promotion of this and you ramp up ways of marketing this thing and getting it out there that that will help you to uh, what i found it to do for me is it, it fast forwarded my process i'd say it fast forwarded probably it, it eliminates all the guesswork of how do i market this how do i talk about it and i'm not like an ad, i'm not getting paid like a sponsorship i'm just like a huge ad advocate, advocate for the for the whole brand because it works so well uh but it will eliminate all of the questions that you have on how do i market this thing what do i say and how do i say it it'll tell you it'll walk you through the steps of how exactly you should present it to people out there because you've already got i mean you've already you already have the problem you already have the solution you already know who the hero and the character would be, the people you're trying to help, dude. I'm really, I'm happy for you. And I'm happy that, like, I'm happy for anybody out there who has food allergies. Like, this is going to be a huge step in the right direction. Uh, who else would you say in this world, I don't know if if you want to name drop, like, who else in, in your field in this industry is a big name who, who's doing big things right now ha- trying to help solve the food allergy issues? not not exactly like getting rid of food allergies cuz that's i guess it's a whole different field altogether but the preventative measures
1: um so i i guess it depends I mean, preventative measures is is all over the place uh, depending on what you mean yeah um there's a couple other um uh, different like softwares out there that i think are really helpful um there's one called allergy eats which is very similar to like yelp so if you if you're trying to find a restaurant where it's safe for you to eat um I had the chance. I got to meet uh, their CEO, Paul, a couple months ago. Cool. Um, they're doing some really great work. Uh, there's another one uh, called Spoken that has just tons of different like resources involved in there too. So I think that's like one of the biggest things, like just being able to find different support in the community. I think is like the, the top preventative thing. If you, you know, the more you know, really, that's what it comes. That, I think that's such a big part of it. And there's a lot of different like national organizations that uh, spread awareness, raise money for research. Um, you know everything like that too, so preventative in that sense
0: is is um, part of your your plan with this like your intention to add more things to this app, like the idea of of the of the Yelp idea of of suggesting places where you can go or suggesting um, uh you know just adding more to it? Do you have plans of expanding this in the future? Or are you kind of keeping it self contained with what it is now?
1: Oh no, I would definitely like to add as many different um, you know collaborative partners as as possible. You know, the the name of the app really comes from, like, you know, EpiCenter. It's this idea of, like, just being the center of all things related to food allergies. Many resources we can put in someone's hands at once. So if, if we meet new connections in the, in the community, if we can find some type of way that, like, it fits in, then we're always trying to, like, incorporate as many people as possible. I think that's really the, the ultimate vision for what we're doing, just to keep growing and keep uh just bringing as much to the table as possible.
0: No doubt, man. Uh, very cool. As we're wrapping up here, I just want to say I love it. I've already said that, but I mean, like, I, I just think it's really cool what you're doing. I, plus, like I said, you know, beyond just what you've created, just your work ethic and your mindset towards this whole thing, I, I find because I'm not somebody who falls into the category for the product, but I find just like your work ethic and and the way that you've figured this problem out to be amazing. It's incredible. It's really cool to see, and people, more people need to hear the story of how it's been done and also what it's going to do for society. There's two very important stories there. I think your process is really cool and how it's all come to be. But uh, wrapping up here, first of all, where can they download the app? Where can they get it? If they're listening to this and they need it, where can they get it? I'll put that in the show notes also. And then uh, just anything else you want to throw in that you haven't touched on yet that you feel like you need to talk about?
1: Yeah, so if you go to uh, epicenter-app.com, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, you'll be able to go on there and either download the, the beta version that's available right now or the full version that's going to be coming out in a couple weeks. And uh, you can learn more on the website uh, that way. I think that's the best way to stay connected.
0: Very cool. Anything else you want to throw in? Any that I didn't cover that you want to say?
1: Uh, no. Good. Thank you.
0: Cool. All right, Joey. Thanks, man. Thanks for being a part of this.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye.
0: Keep moving forward, man. This is Rob Z Radio.